the Driven Women's Guide to Love, Life, and Business. Hosted by the boss ladies Alex and Gabby. Combined, their network gathers an array of women from various industries who exemplify strength and tenacity. Their fun and positive approach to life will awaken the boss in you. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. And now for part two with executive producer Jose Dillon. So, Jose, you have seen the business shift, come and go from like, you know, physical product and now digital. And, you know, you've seen the rise of a, a genre that you weren't, I guess a lot of us weren't so familiar for it to be such an explosive thing, like the urban music scene that it is now. Um, what excites you today about the content, about content creation and about the current state of Latin music? Well, let me answer the second question first. Uh, look, I think that, you know, um, Latin music in the last years have exploded at a, at a worldwide level, and that's fantastic. Um, I, I think that, you know, it, 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 it and it exploded at, at a worldwide level, actually in Spanish, which is also a very, a very big difference because back in the day, the big explosions were always in English. Shakira was, the, you know, with English uh, a crossover, Ricky, uh, even Enrique with Heroes and stuff like that. Um, they were big in their world, but when they became global, it was most of the time, not all the time, in in a different le- in in, a, in the English language. So I think that's a big, big thing. That all of a sudden you have a lot of names that have been um, exposed to the whole world um, in 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 Spanish. Um, I, I think that. It's an exciting moment, too, because a lot of the middlemen filters have been taken away. I mean, um, and, and you could actually be you could actually have a career and you could actually break through the noise without the gatekeepers, without the labels and without MTV and without radio. Uh, and there's plenty of um, of a, of choice um, of examples of, of, of talent that I mean, bad bunny. <laughs> I mean, completely, yeah. <laughs> completely independent. I mean, and, you know, love working with Noah and with Benito and all those guys. And they are like, they think punk rock, which I love. They, like, they're like, oh, we want to do this. And it's different and it's cool and it's fresh, you know, um, but it's independent. And, um, and, and, and so I think that right now we're in, in, a, in and also, unfortunately, with the, in the last 11 months with COVID, and I was having this conversation with a good friend yesterday, <clears throat> the future has been pushed upon us. So what was going to happen eight years from now or 10 years from now happened now. So we're trying to deal with that. You know, um, um, I think it's exciting. I, you know, there's downsides to it. Also, you know, there's a lot of re- repetition, a lot of uh, copy and paste, a lot of things sounding the same, you know, musically. It, it look, um, it, it, uh, um it's, it, it, you know, there's 55,000 tracks being uploaded to Spotify every day. That's a lot of music. How do you, cl- you know, cut through the noise? Um, so it's a challenge as well. Um, you know, it, there there's a, it, you know, physical disappear. The labels, they had to. Digital is huge. Uh, it, it, you know, it, I was talking to somebody who told me, Something, you know, it's very binary. It's, you know, it's, it it seems like there's only one genre of music that dominates and that's not good for anything. In life, you variety of, you know, of, of sex, of, you know, uh, of beliefs, of, 
and he and the person told me he worked for one of the um like um he was uh, the president of a distribution, a digital distribution. Um, he goes, what happens is that the early adopters were kids who liked urban music. And that's why it's so big. But now 30 plus people, 40 plus people are getting into all the services. So you're going to see a resurgence of different genres, whether it's classical, jazz, ballads, rock. And that's cool because you need that sort of you know, you need a big pie for everybody because not everybody wants to do urban music, and that's fine. So I think that variety, I think that also um, a, a, a having a longer vision, um, which a lot of times right now everything is like, like I need it now. But the people who, who believe in themselves, who are able to say, you know what, fuck you, I'm doing this, who are going to do something different, they don't, maybe it's, I used to tell kids back in the day when they're like, oh, I want, you know, uh, you know, I want to sound like Pearl Jam. I'm like, bro, if you want to sound like Pearl Jam, like you're six years late. Sound like yourself. Be unique. That's how you pop through the crowd, you know, um, whether it's in, in, in music or in the way you're doing a, a production or in the way. Um, I think that that different, it's good. You know, we need different. Because otherwise it's going to be the same thing over and over and over and you get tired of it. You know, the other day I was listening to something and it was the same thing over and over and my ear got tired. <laughs> and my my son was listening to it too. And he's like, Let, let's switch because it was the same thing over and over and over and over and over. So I think that variety, because if you look at it, it's peaks and valleys, just like life. If you're happy all the time, that's not good. <laughs> You need the moments of reflection, of introspection, of like being down, of like, oh, my God, I have this problem. But you don't want to be low all the time either. That's not healthy either. So you need that. Life is those peaks and valleys. That's what makes us human. So I don't know if I answered your question. Yeah. And I also want to get your point of view about also shifting during a pandemic and having to like really shift the way that you create one of the biggest shows in music, the biggest night in music, the Latin Grammys. Look, to me, going back to when we started about, you know, my my career and, and, you know, I worked at a record store, I worked doing productions, I I, I worked doing, you know, I, I, I did, you know, I was a help, like loading in, loading out, I, you know, I assisted people. I guess the, the constant in all that, which I try to still maintain is learning. I always learn. I learn by watching others. I learned by asking questions. I learned by just doing and failing, which is very important to fail. Um, and, and, and to me, that's almost like the, the challenge, right? The, the, I, I like to learn. I mean, it's, it's hard sometimes to learn, relearn, you know, especially the older, the older that you get. And this year, you know, it was like, what do we do? You know, I got a couple calls before the Grammys for two shows that I did that were completely virtual. Um, and one of them was Tomas Cookman called me to do the LMAC. And, and and that was a conference that you happened in, it happened in New York. It happened every year. You went there and then you had the, the Central Park. And, and you know, the, 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 a lot of the beginning process was like, but how do we do this? 
And, you know, thank God for technology because technology facilitated a community. Like right now I'm watching both of you, right? Um, you know, that didn't happen four years ago. Um, and, and then you realize that, you know, you can do certain things remotely, that you can actually, you know, put together plans and, and, and work with people without being in the same room. Um, but questioning the why and sort of saying, okay, we did it like that next last year, but we can't do it like that this year. How do we, and, and knowing too that each medium is different. So to try to replicate, and I told this to, to, when we were doing the, the when we started to put together the Grammys, the concept and all that, I told them, I go, look, if we try to replicate last year's show in Las Vegas, we're going to fail. You can't. You can't. From top to bottom, A, no audience. B, we're not in Vegas. Um, a, a C, you have a, a, artists might not feel good. Uh, uh, so you start saying, okay, this is who we are and this is who we're not. And every year is that conversation. Every year I try to sort of put together a theme um, like like this year was music makes us human. That was a theme mm -hmm. for the Latin Grammys because, you know, at least to me, it, it, humanity was being challenged by a pandemic and music from the beginning, you know, on in the, in the bedroom concerts that superstars did on the iPhone uh, to get the message, to get sort of like their art out um that that hum and, and that we couldn't stop being human during the pandemic like i tell people say thank you you know call your friends be there even if it's through video um a, you're in a team we're not you know we're not in in this society where we can't help each other if we if we ever get there that's the end of of, of our world as we know it so that that sense of humanity what's so important for this year's show um, it, it, and, and I think we try to implement it in, in a lot of ways, but, but it, it, I think learning, I learned, you know, I, I did some shows that led up to the Grammys and I was learning how to work remotely. I mean, I usually went to the, to the office for three months every day to be with people. You guys know me. I walk around, I sit on the floor. I, I like to, that, I couldn't do that anyway, anymore. So now it was like sort of like by, you know, by video conference, by trusting others more and also by being more, um, uh, okay, how do we do different like little aspects of the show? I, and I'll give you a, a perfect example. And you've got, you guys have gone to these shows. You perform. This is the rhythm of an award show. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Ricky Martin. Ricky performs. Uh, the crowd you know, uh, uh, get feet and claps. Then you go back and uh, and now a uh, guy and Alex. Hi, I'm Alex, and this uh, award is uh, artist of the year and nominees and the winners. And then the winner walks up, I receives the award. I want to thank my mom and my dad. And then we go and we go to commercial. We didn't have an audience. Maybe the maybe some of the winners were not going to be in the house. Um, we didn't know if we were going to have like you know a lot of presenters. We have all this sort of obstacles, and it's like reimagine something so you have a different rhythm. And this is I, I use this analogy, and then I'll stop. I said, look, last year at, at the at, in Vegas, we had the best rock band in the world, and we were just rocking out, and it was amazing. And this year, we're going to have the best salsa band in the world. 
it's just a different genre. You can't compare it. Don't tell me that, oh, they're better than, no, it's different. So let's do different. And let's talk about productivity though, during the pandemic. Do you yeah. feel that if we, the industry has been more proactive in productivity as a whole now doing everything virtually rather than before as in person? Because for me personally, um, I feel like everybody that I work with, um, they're, I feel like they're more proactive. They, they don't unglue themselves from the screen and they're constantly working very late. They're not disconnecting. Um, how, do, how do you feel about that? Because I'm not sure if that's um, a positive thing or, or if it can have some, some future impact like issues um, and creatives. Remember that we're in the discovery state of this new way of working. So look, I worked I was exhausted. Like, I mean, um, every day I would stay up, you know, and I moved, I had an office very close to my house. I shut it down because I wasn't going to go there and I moved everything to my house. Um, I worked in my studio, in my, in my office and in my house was to, to live, you know, but I was here. I would wake up at eight. Nico would start school. Uh, I would come here. I would eat here. You know, maybe I'll go and, and do a little walk at noon just to clear my head or run. And then I'll come back here. I would go in, eat with them. I'd come back out. And I was wrapping up by 10, 11, you know. That's not healthy. Right. Um, so, but but I think that on the flip side, you know, and you guys worked in corporate environments. I mean, when I was the head of, when I was the head of MTV3, 80% of my work was bullshit it was meetings it was politics it was this it was it wasn't working it wasn't working it was just caca that needs to be done because you're in a corporate environment mm -hmm. i think that now we're going to start um rethinking how do we do because look if you live an hour from your from your work that's two hours a day of you not enjoying your life you're in the car and so I think that once the pandemic is out and like I was talking to Mark about this, you know, I go, once your kids are in school and you can actually go, it, it's going to better balance for, you know, the whole going to readapt to a new way of working. But at MTV, a lot of times I would go to my house, kick ass and do what I needed to do and then go to work to sort of go to the meetings and go blah, blah, blah. Now... Um, I think that we're, we're discovering a new working is not going to be perfect and it's not going to be overnight. But I think that we as individual workers, whether you're independent or you work for a big company, you need to find your own ba balance and rhythm because my, you know, they, they used to, I mean, I think they still use the, te the term peak performance. Peak performance can happen at two in the morning for some people and at, you know, two in the afternoon for others. And, and if we're in a, because before you had to go to work by nine and, you know, maybe you stayed until seven or eight or five, but, you know, if you walked into the office at noon, people would look at, at you like, oh, what, what are you doing? And that's not right either, because I think that people are, or, or rhythm is different. You know, I, I tend to be more of a morning person to really do my creative thinking. But I know plenty of people who kick ass at one, two in the morning, who are just on peak. 
Why, why, why am I going to punish them and make them go to, go to work at nine in the morning? That's just not right either for the company or for the individual. So hopefully we find a new way of working. I think that, that the pandemic has that it's okay to every day. After you're a doctor, well, not even a because you can do telemedicine, but some people need to need to be there or a lot. Some some other people barely can need to be in in, in work and still work. And it's something that I, I would tell people. I was very flexible with the, the the teams. I'm like, as long as you deliver, I don't give a shit if you come in at eleven in the morning. I, like I don't care. Sometimes I would have my boss saying, "Hey, nobody's in your in your workspace." I'm like. Bro, they were here to three in the morning editing. You're going to really now tell me that they're not here at nine in the morning? I remember those conversations. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember doing a show, a big show. We stayed until like four in the morning. And then the next day I had to present budget at 7.30 because the boss's boss's boss was in town. And I'm like, this sucks. Yeah. I hope that we as a society and as, as corporate, we learn from the pandemic, the flexibility, the, the peak times, the humanity of work, and that us as individuals also sort of learn from it and that we can, um, uh, again, going to that fuck you world, redefine who we are and how, how we work. And I always... Like I've hired people for who they are, not for the position. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I hired one person. The person was a, a, like, a, like, like a cashier at a, 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 at a grocery store. And I would keep going. And, and it was an amazing, intelligent, courteous, assertive person. And... It, she just had the qualities of a great uh, worker, um, and 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 it it was fine. It was good. I mean, um, so I think it's about being um, it, it re- redefine how um, we work and and work life balance is important. We gotta get th- that right. And before the corporate world, work life balance. No, it it wasn't. It wasn't work-life balance. Now, hopefully, we can get a little bit of that, especially when you have normalcy and kids are in school and you can actually, you know, define your work hours a little bit better and you can go into the office if you need to or if you want to and then you can work from home if you need to or you want to and that we are going to be a little bit more flexible as, as, a, as a culture. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love work from home. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. So one thing that I've been pushing hard for is, so I I live in West Palm Beach now. Oh, wow. So I have a two-hour commute every day. So Mm. the way that I I think about it is my, I I can give my my company, the company that I work for, 100% of my time and be available for them from 8 a.m. till 6, 7 p.m. at night. And they're getting the best out of me or... I can get there at 9 a.m. and have to leave by four o'clock so that I can get home by at least seven with traffic. So there's more productivity in me being able to work from home. And I think that a lot of people have proven that they can. And those that haven't been able to prove that they can't, they're not right. They're not in the right position and they should have never been there to begin with. So, But, but guys, do you remember? I mean, and maybe you guys didn't do it as much, but the dreadful 6 a.m. flight to New York 
to go in by 9.30, be in the office by 10, to do the presentation at, at 11.30, to have the lunch, and then to get in the 3 p.m. flight to come back to Miami. Why? I mean, if you're flying business and you have blah, 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 $2,000, $3,000, depending on where you're coming from, um, expense that you don't need it anymore. No. You don't need it anymore. Again, some things need to be done face-to-face. Mm-hmm. But, and in some of those situations, to be there to talk for two minutes. Right. Do you yeah. really need to do that anymore? No. No. I'm excited to see um, what the future does hold because as unfortunate as the pandemic has been for a lot of people and we've lost yeah. so many lives, yeah. um, it, it, it is, we we needed as humans, we needed a change in, in the way we were doing things. And I think that this is allowing us to be able to finally do that. So with every bad thing, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And and look, I tell people, let's be patient. Let's help each other because, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people. I mean, we're so blessed, but there's a lot of people who are suffering. I mean, right. the other day I had to go and I had to drive, drive by a neighborhood and I saw a food line that was at least three three blocks long and it crushed me. Because right. it's just that it's just not right, but it's also reality. Um, so, so hopefully we can go through this. We can help each other. We can be there for each other, and then we can start rebuilding in a way that is more equitable and that is more human and that is more uh, sort of like um, a, a good for 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 all of us. Because we're you know we're in the same boat. Look, watching Nico now, or watching with him all this space travel and all that. When you're up there, when you're in the ISS and the International Space Station, you're looking through the cupola, through the window at Earth, you don't see continents. You don't see black, white, and gay, and Christian, and Muslim. You just see planet Earth. And that's who we are, whether we like it or not, but we're just one. And we need to sort of come together. And again, every astronaut says that. They're like... The first time they go into space and they down, they cry because it's like, wow. <laughs> and, and it's simple, big, quirky, but it's not, it's super deep. And I mean, watching all these docs with him gives me a sense of humanity that is like, you know what? We, we are really one. We really need to be helping each other. You know, we need to try to make the world a better place, even with our own little grain of sand. Let me tell you, speaking with you guys, I'm very proud of you guys. I tend to give myself a little bit of credit for at least showing a what I think is a good way of being in a work environment, which is, you know, we can agree to disagree, but I never screamed at anybody. I never treated people like inferiors. Um, I always listened with respect and all that. And at the end of the day, I was a boss. You know, and I think everybody knew that it wasn't like, oh, he's a washover. No, in <laughs> that proves to me that <clears throat> that we were good. You know, yeah, I think that's the misconception, um, especially with women, that if we are too nice or if we're actually you know cordial and and have a great attitude, that we are looked at as weak. And I don't think that because you could still be a very assertive leader. You still can make decisions. You still could have strategy. Um, but you don't have to be a dick while doing Absolutely. it. You know what Absolutely. I mean? And that's certainly something that I've learned from you and from Mark, Jesus, everybody. 
And you know, with on the women women front, I'm 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 like super um, colorblind, sex blind, orientation blind, like. But I remember having the epiphany with the power of women, and and it was like very when I was managing Neil, and and um, we had Susan Rogers. Susan Rogers was one of the first or few female engineers. She worked, you know, she worked with Prince. She did Sign of Times. She she worked at Paisley Park for five, six years. And um, and we were recording the record. And we had started with Nico Bolas, who's a very good producer, but it just didn't work out. And then we brought Susan. And Susan was an engineer. I mean, like, you're behind the mixing board and all that. And I had never seen a woman behind the mixing board, like... And you have, you know, I was, or I was, you know, in my mid twenties, and you know, in in the rock and roll world, there was not a lot of women, especially in, you know, you always like, okay, you know, and Susan, who's a genius and the 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 the, the most amazing human being in the world, she just, you know, her grace, her ears, her personality, her demeanor, her her womanness, I was like. Holy shit. And after that, not that I was a sexist or anything before, because I, was, I wasn't at all. But after that, it was like sort of like women rock. You know, like I was like, holy shit, you know, like. So, so I always felt very comfortable working with women, like, you know, for women or with women or it, because I felt that like I never looked at it through the lens of like, Oh, women, 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 you know, like, um, but I think it's important to have, um, executives like you that champion women, because as you know, there isn't that many spaces or uh, there is a lack of women in leadership and executive roles. And because of executives like you that are male that foster and empower these women to grow into these executives is how the door is opened, to be honest, because there is no other way. Yeah. Um, so it's like, championing women how can you encourage more men to champion women because i think it's important to also have women in your teams because we do bring a different perspective a yeah. different way of doing things that could only you know add add value yeah it, it's funny because i i feel i i when i was interviewing people for like a job I would like to do the first interview if I could. Sometimes I, I wasn't able to, but on the phone. Why? I don't have my eyes judging who the person is. Are they thin? Are they not? Are they black? Are they white? Are, do they dress weird? Do they dress good? Do they dress funky? And, and, and you know, we, we're born with all this, or we develop all this prejudice. When you're born, you don't have that, you know... Um, and and I think you know with with male executives, um, I think that ideally we start learning more and more that we're the same. And actually, I mean, giving birth has to be a monumental, a monumental um, a, 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 a experience. Experience. It really is. You know? Yeah. So. That in itself, <laughs> I take off my hat 
for for you know the power of women. So um, I, I, again, I think that maybe because of society and the way things have been, um, you know, we're we're you know we were the breadwinners, we were like the strong muscle, and, and it's not really that. Like you know, I mean, you know, I've been with Melanie for I don't even know how long. <laughs> oh, forever, forever. Melanie. We, forever. we love Melanie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Melanie's also very strong and very yeah. like independent. Like, yeah. I but, love that. But it, but, but it also it was like the respect that I, that we had for each other, um, as, as a team, as, as a couple. Like, um, um, and and I, I, again, I don't know if if where I gained that perspective, but but I, but I think that um, I, I never, I don't think I ever. At least not in my old age. Maybe when I was, you know, a, you know, a teenager, your hormones are weird and different. But I never looked at women as inferior, or they couldn't do this, or they couldn't. <clears throat> it, you know, I remember like once I, I I was on tour and I played with this uh, with Mary Carlson. She was signed to Atlantic Records, uh, and you know, um, she was setting up her gear, and it was like maybe at the beginning of when I was playing with her, and I went to set up her gear, and she's like, "I can do that." And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Maybe it's that, like, at the beginning, sort of, like, that's not a, a woman's job, but that was her job. She was a, a guitar player and a singer and sort of, like, um, and, and I think exposure to, like, the, that equality of the sexes. And, 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 um, and, and I don't know, it's just, but it's your upbringing, too, I think, you know. Yeah, I, mean, I think you're a rare breed, Jose. Yeah. Uh, you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, and also the, I guess the elephant in the room, you know, I mean, and maybe I shouldn't be saying this, but, you know, um, traditionally, and it's changed a lot, but traditionally the Latin culture has been very chauvinist, male chauvinist too, you know, yeah. especially in other places too, as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's changing as well because mm-hmm. of the needs of it too. Um, and, 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 and just like, I, th- I think human nature um, it, it teaches us how to adapt and react and embrace. Hopefully, we keep doing that in a way that it becomes more, more like parity. Um, and and there's no like, oh, but she's a woman at all because it shouldn't be like that. It right. shouldn't be oh, but he's gay. Doesn't matter. Uh, like, um, and, and 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 ideally, you know, the more we learn, the more we learn about each other, and the more we respect. And, and you know, it's education and respect at the end of the day. I, Amen. Like, and, and that's why, like, you know, sometimes, you know, not to get into politics, but when we in this country dismiss so much the power of education, I mean, like, if you were, if if we were to invest in education, we would sol- solve 80, 85 percent of our problems, right off the top. Right. And you know, ed- educating that. People are the same, that women are the same as men, that, you know, we could do um, the same jobs that, you know, that, um, you know, there's different attributes and, you know, motherhood. um, Holy shit. Like, oh, my God. Like, talk about like. That's a power in itself. Yeah. 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 So. So, Jose, to to wrap this section and just go into the mentor corner that we have. um, I just kind of wanted to know my uh, what do you think is your biggest key to success? To all the success that you've acquired throughout the years, what has been that key thing for you personally? I, I think it's that I followed my heart for the most part, and I tried to not not force 
forcefully, but I try to just do what I thought was the right thing, uh, even if it's different, even if it's challenging the status quo or... And, and I think to be, to be, you know, a human, uh, it's funny, and that's important. I've seen some amazing people at home that are ogres in the office. Like, you're like, who the fuck is that person? Oh, my God. I'm at home the same way that I am in the office. Um, I never could, like, put that hat on and take that hat off. And to me, it's part of being human, you know, that... Um, I, I think those have been my my successes. And look, you know, maybe um, you know, maybe it's also my liability. Maybe I didn't become Bill Gates or whatever. But that's I didn't want to become Bill Gates, you know. Uh, and no, and no, important this. If you ask me, what do you want to do or who do you want to be, I don't have an answer for that. I know who I don't want to be, and I know what I don't want to do. When I left MTV. This is something that I, I highly, I, I try to do the list of like, this is what I want. I couldn't do it. I did the list of this is what I don't want. And that list came like this. Bah, 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 bah. So I don't know what is in the want list. I really know what is in the I don't want list. But that's good though, Jose, because then you're open to possibilities and you're not closing yourself off by making a list of the things that you do want because you don't know what else you could want because one thing can lead to another and you don't know yet. So I, I think that's incredibly valuable. Correct. I mean, like I got a gig um, for a couple of years teaching at UM, a music business class. It was an amazing gig because I learned so much and, and, uh, but it was not, I never had that. I want list, you know, it was just, yeah, let's, let's try it out. So I think that that's important, but having a, a little bit of a barometer of, um, and, and be flexible because life is not rigid. It, it's not binary. It's not black and white. It's not positive or negative. There's, you know, between one and 10, there's a lot of different, uh, numbers and between black and white, there's a lot of different shades. Right. A hundred percent. I love it. And I think the, the key here is um, be human. And I think that you have mastered um, that you have made an impression on everyone. Um, that is why people pick up that phone call. Let me tell you, I, there you may not be Bill Gates, but you are Jose Dian and everybody <laughs> knows who you are. And they all love you. So Thank we you. do too. And we Thank appreciate you. you so much. And Thank you. Th- this part of like, it's so interesting to me because if you really think about it, like your start is very similar to a lot of our starts. So it just makes us that much like real that we can get to a place where you are today, you know, because we're all the same, right? We all have the same journey, whether it looks different or not, but we all have the same innate um, wants and drives and, and it's just how you navigate those changes and the challenges and, and it's just amazing to see it because you're such a successful person. I feel like, we can get there, you know, it yes. gives us inspiration and motivation. Thank you. So we want to move next. And just to wrap everything up, we're going to give you three questions okay. um, in the mentor corner. We had some of our listeners send in some questions. A lot of them don't have mentorship. They, they don't have access to someone like yourself. So we wanted to kind of give them um, a little bit of like a value from this conversation with you so that you can answer some of their questions. Okay. 
So the first one is how should someone approach an executive about possible mentorship and what's the best way to get a mentor? Well, it, I think it's, there's not a, a, a clear path or a right and wrong answer. I think that some companies and you guys, I think, um, I think that, you know, some companies have the pro, like a program that is a mentorship program and they encourage and they match, you know, different, um, I never had a mentor. I, I, and, and I think I like to, I, I like when I mentor people, I like to mentor people and some people, you know, I think that some people are going to be very um, rigid and some people are very unorthodox in how mentoring, you know? So I think maybe is find out what kind of mentorship do you want? What, what, what do you want to learn? Um, I think also a lot of people, uh, confuse mentorship with I'm going to get a gig and, and, and sometimes mentorship doesn't come from your industry. Um, because it's not, it's, you know, it's what, how, what do you want to be mentored on? Do you want to be mentored on your industry? Do you want to be mentored on values? Do you want to be mentored on, on, on other areas? Um, and, and I think asking people and, and, you know, um, outreaching people i think it's 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 simple it, you know and you'll get a, a lot of no's i don't have the time i don't want to do that but i think you'll you'll be amazed how many people you know are willing to 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 be to be a mentor and, and also don't be seduced by a big title because sometimes that's not going to help you because you're you're looking for something else, you know. I mean, um, I go back to teaching. You know, I know plenty of great, great, great musicians who are horrible teachers because they don't have the qualities and and what a teacher should be. And I know some great teachers who are not the best, amazing players. They're just great teachers. Um, and so I don't know if I've answered your question, but I think it's asking is, and maybe you have um, like a stepladder approach. Maybe you, 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 you know, have somebody mentor you that it's very close to you. Maybe it's somebody's parents or, or like, you know, or, uh, but, but you have, uh, uh, you, you like their qualities. And, and, they, and I just wanted to mention that sometimes even mentorship, it's kind of like, it doesn't have to be established like, oh, that's my mentor. Like, it's just someone that you, like, really look up to or, like, get advice to. It could even be your peer sometimes, you know? Yeah. So yeah. mentorship can come in different forms. So yeah. I think that's important to yeah. Yeah. also mention. Yeah. Um, the next one is, how do I deal with a difficult boss? Well, <laughs> you know, one of the things that people ask me <clears throat> What do you do? I go, I don't do anything. I, I try to make, I, I, I make sure things get done. And what, what's your title? My title is I am a cheerleader and a psychologist. That's what I do. And I try to give people the tools so they can do their work. And, you know, I think psychology is very important. That's why we deal with difficult artists and deal with different, and, and the first I think one of the things that I tried to learn, and actually I was a psychology major for like about one semester, um, but is understanding what the other person is 
who they are and what they're trying to say. A lot of times, what they're saying and what they're one are very different. Um, and, and sometimes what, how they're acting, it's really, it's almost like dealing with a kid. A temper tantrum is not that the kid is bad. Maybe he's hungry. Maybe he's scared. Maybe it, because at the end of the day, guys, life is about kids. You know, we are, at, we're all kids at heart. When, you know, there's that quote, when I grow up, I want to be a kid. We're always kids. And, and I think that, that if you have a difficult boss, instead of challenging for the moment, think of the big picture of like, a lot of times, you know what it is? And this is with, it's insecurity. It's that. And, and that is the root of a lot of the outbursts. And, you know, you didn't do that right because you make me look bad. Oh, you make me look bad because then, then I am not good enough with my boss. So it's insecurity. So if you're if you uh, if you're able to a little bit remove yourself from the now and look at the big picture, and and try to address it through the big picture. Okay, he's insecure about this. Let me do it this way. You know, or she's um, she's uh, uh, reacting to that. It might be this. So look at it a big picture through a psychologist angle, and that might be able to help. And do your best to 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 see how you can sort of maneuver through that. But then there comes a point in time that you have to say, fuck you, I'm leaving. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and, Get that and, fuck you money ready. Well, but but and, and and always sort of like be looking for the not for the next gig for but what's next. Um, and it's not easier. It's not, you know, it's not um, as easy for everybody. I know that there's different uh, situations and all that. Um, but, but if you are able to, to, to make a little bit of the time to look at the bigger picture, to understand who the person is, because a lot of times it's the roles, but it's really not the roles. It's really the persons. Mm. So if you're able to sort of maneuver through that, you might be able to find a resolution. I've, you know, I've worked for some difficult people in my life. Um, and, and for, and I've worked with some very difficult artists and I always try to figure out what is it, I, I, you know, what's the situation and how can I approach it without compromising who I am? A hundred percent. I love that. <laughs> And the last one to wrap it up, um, does experience trump education? Do you think it's important to have both or is one better than the other or? Look, I, you know, I'm the wrong person to ask because I think that education to some degree is overrated. I think that, um, a, we can paper a resume to death and we can create, oh, uh, you know, and so I, I think that experience um, it's very important. I think education is important in the sense of learning, not of who, where you went. You know, I don't give a shit if you went to Harvard. I honestly don't give a shit. I actually worked with a person who went to Harvard who is a complete idiot. <laughs> I was like, how does that happen? Um, I work with many MBAs that went to like big schools and they got zero humanity. Zero. Zero. So... I think that it's a balance of of education in the in the, in the sense of learning, not of of where you went, and experience in the sense of like building a tool set. I think that 
you know, when you're young, your tools are going to be limited. And, and that's fine. That's, you know, we, we keep learning. And, um, and I think education in the, in the sense that I'm still a student. I mean, the, sen- the day that you stop learning, you die in my book. So what can we learn? How can we experience are very important. Um, it, 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 it's, it, and it's, you know, some companies are very much on the resume and your, you know, your, your, um, um, your, uh, where you went to school and your degrees and all that. But, you know, the big ideas came from dropouts. You know, I mean, that's a fact. So, and, and, you know, I, I've been watching again, you know, I'm learning through Nico. I'm learning so much, right? And I've been watching all these amazing, um, you know, astronauts. And, you know, when you're up there, you got to be a doctor. You got to be a physicist. You got to be an engineer. You got to be a psychologist. You, you got to be a teacher. You got to be all that. And all that doesn't come from one degree. Literally, Chris Hadfield, which has this amazing master class on that app, Masterclass. Chris Hadfield is the, the Canadian astronaut who, when David Bowie died, did um, did um, yeah, Space Oddity from the ISS play guitar, you know. Um, but he goes, think about it. If you're up there for two months and your colleague has an infection in their teeth and you have to remove the tooth, you got to do it. So you have to learn a little bit of that. But think about that. So to me, you need masters of 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 um, of like uh, air Adaptab- adaptability, right? But also, you need generalists. And mm-hmm. when I do a show, I was doing a show, and the guy was like, "Well, how do you want this?" I go, "I don't know. I'm not a director. I don't know how to use a camera." By the way, I'll fuck it up. <laughs> I, I, I tend to look at the big picture, and then you hire great individuals for that particular area and a lot of my talks when i you know i have a crew of three four hundred people a lot of my talks are about the big picture and then you let go to the individuals who are really good at what they do and i don't micromanage that because then i should be doing their job Mm. so to me education and experience are they they become you know um a, a, a partners of each other, but I am a big believer in 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 uh, experiencing different things because you will never know. I mean, I, I, I and my education has been through experience most most of it. You know, I, I'll tell you something that it's super basic, but it's when I was in high school, the only class from high school that I still use today. You know what it is? No. <laughs> Remember, I, gra- I graduated in 1984. Woodshop? So the only no, no, that oh. was in, in, in that was for I went to Woodshop for a different reason. That's where you 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 created the pipes, the wooden pipes. <laughs> no, the, the only class that I used today and actually um, was typing. Mm. And you know why I took typing? Because there was a full of girls. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> because they were, you know, that's your secretary. So you take typing. Yeah. I just took typing because it's full of girls. And I type amazing. I'm a fast motherfucker. Typing. <laughs> so, so am I. So am I. 
so you never know like you never know where your experience and education are gonna are gonna sort of cross paths you know um when i started teaching you know some people are very um they're very shy and to me i i and i'm shy by the way in, in certain areas but Oh, you, well, you guys were at MTV Tres. I, you know, I would do the speech on the stage for the upfront and all that because I played in a band and I love being on stage. So, and you interviewed a lot of artists. I remember yeah. you interviewed Romeo Santos. I yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, it's funny because, you know, the other day I had to interview somebody, a big name artist. I'm not going to mention who it is because it's a, and it's not an, a Latin artist. We had a three-hour conversation, <clears throat> and in a in a pearl, like you know, the comment was like, "Wow, that's amazing," because I talked with people, not to people. Or like, amen. I, and I never said, "Oh my God, that's fulanito de tal." It's like, you know, I, I spoke to big artists the same way I'm speaking with you, in exactly. the same tone, in the same manner, and it's respectful, and it's uh, inquisitive, and it's you're you're, you're listening to them. Um, and you're answering and you you're, you're go back and forth. And that's something that you learn that's, uh, uh, that's through experience, you know. Um, so I don't know. It, it's a hard call, but, but, but there's nothing like experience, especially experience that you learn. Yeah. If, you're, if you're doing the same thing over and over and over and over, that's not experience. That's just repetition and habit. But if you're challenging yourselves and, and looking like through different glasses, you know, it's funny because... When I was when I started working at the Univision shows, and I start doing, I get very involved with the script, and and they start reading to me. Um, I would get on the floor and I would lie down, and and they were like freaking out. They're like, "What the fuck is wrong with this guy?" And and I would you know, and I would walk away. But I was putting myself in the picture in the in the in the um, in the in, in in the audience you know i'm on the floor on my couch listening to them i'm walking away in the kitchen i i'm sitting down on a chair and i i try to experience it as the viewer the, the other thing that i you know when i was doing uh, in, in, when i was working with the script writers i would do rhythm i'm like it needs to be da 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 and they would be like, what the fuck are you saying? And I'm like, it's a musical. You're doing a music award show. It has to have flow. It has to have and it's experience of being a, a you know a musician or being in the studio and and of writing lyrics and 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 being with songwriters that that comes into the table for something that has nothing to do with that, but it has everything to do with it at the same time. Right. You're creating it as if you're creating a song. Yeah. Yeah. And That's dope. And, and to mm-hmm. me, and, and you know, when we do the rhythm of the show, Charlie and I look at the at the rundown with the guys, and I'm like, you know, and I change it and blah blah blah. We do like you know, like we did on MTV with the little mm-hmm. uh, the and, index card. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> at the beginning, they were like, "What the fuck is that?" Yeah. And I'm like, "You're creating the rhythm, and you're creating the flow, and just like a playlist, if you do everything, da 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 da, it, it gets old." So you need those peaks and valleys and you need, and life is that going back. We, we talked about that already, but it's that experience of living, of dreaming, of, of challenging, of thinking, of asking 
it, it, at the end of the day, it comes all together. And I never had a plan. I never had a plan. My cousin once asked me, what's your five-year plan? I'm like, what? <laughs> no. <Just> survive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, like, think, think about this. You're in a big corporation in, let, let's do a, a broadcast calendar a, or, or a fiscal calendar. You're in a big corporation in October, November, December, October 1st of 2019. And you have created a five-year plan. Out the window. And this is and this is gonna be your growth, and this is gonna be your revenue and your KPIs and blah 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 blah, and your expansion plan, and da, 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 da. where is that plan on March 31st of 2020? Gone. You have to Gone. reinvent it. Mm-hmm. Gone. So, you know, yeah, it's okay, it's good to think, it's good to forecast and all that, but life is not that either. And and you know, sometimes I, I've spoken to to young, younger, you know, folks right out of high school or right, you know, right out of college. And they're so crazy about their plan. Like, bro, honestly, experience, like play with things, take a year off if you can and, and, and try different things, men, you know, learn from mentors, read books, watch movies. You know, you never know where the inspiration is going to come from. You know, I go on bike rides and all of a sudden I'd be like, oh my God, I pull over and I, Talk to my iPhone. I'm like, that's it right there. And you've been thinking about it for, for two months, but it came to you like that. That's, you know, life is not about a plan either. I mean, at least in my, in, in the way I've lived it, I think that, you know, experience and education go hand in hand. But, but a lot of times it's not in the traditional way that you read in books or that you go to school for. It just, it's about being live, you know. Um, it, it just being uh, active, being involved, be being grateful, giving back, learning from others. I mean, the, the things that I'm learning through my son are amazing, amazing. And 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 sometimes we, we listen to music, and he's, he has a great ear. But I'm like, man, I want to be in that head listening to that song for the first time. The first time he he likes rock. Yeah. of course he likes it but the first time he listened to David Bowie Heroes and I remember we were right here he was just where I'm sitting right now and and I have speakers you know my studio is this is the studio so I have speakers on both sides and you know Heroes Robert Fripp plays um, an Ebo guitar that and also he looked to the left which the Ebo was and and he was trying to look what is that and he tells me what is that mosquito there? It sounds like a mosquito. You know, I'm like, wow, I never thought of that as a mosquito, but it does completely sound like a mosquito. <laughs> That's amazing. Aww, That's wow, amazing. Nico is a, I, I can't wait. I haven't seen him in so long. Yeah, no, you, yeah. Um, he must be so big. Well, yeah, he's, he's, he's big, but, but live life and learn every day. Try to learn something new every day. Learn, and you never know where it's going to come from. Um, it, it, you know, it, it, teachers, tutors, mentors, friends, family, other people, people that you don't agree with, you know, different cultures, different opinions. It's important to have a, you know, going back to the question about women, if I would have been, in a, you know, in a, in a rigid mentality or oh, Susan Rogers engineer, no. But if you take her name out and you listen to those records, you are like, 
holy shit, who did that? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And just to wrap this, I, honestly, I just wanted to know, since you mentioned playlists, what would be a song that would be part of your playlist, like of your life? One song that for sure would go in there about you, your life. That, uh, it's tough because I don't think if, if I, I don't think I can um, um, just pick one. <laughs> well, no, I mean, the, the song that I'm going to tell you is Bring on the Night by the Police, but it, it, not because of the lyrics and not because of. It, 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 it just, I heard that song and I wanted to be in a band. And, and because I start playing a band, I'm speaking with you guys right now. So that song led me to here in my head. You know? Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jose. Honestly, this has been an honor. Like we said, we really appreciate you for everything you have done for yeah. us and for the industry and how you continue to really be an amazing human. And I think that's the biggest takeaway from all of this. Anybody listening, it's really about who you are, not what you do, but when you do it, do it with a lot of heart. Um, so thank you for your time. Honestly, it was Beautiful. Loved it. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Good luck and, 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 uh, and you know, have a, a, a blessed year, you know, and, and thank you for everything. Thank you. Thank you for listening, everyone. I don't know, Alex, if you want to say a few words before we end. Yes, Jose, I feel like we can talk to you for hours and we'll always have something to learn. You, you just have so much knowledge and it's such a pleasure to talk to you after so many years. And I hope that we can continue to keep in contact and actually have you back again, because I think that this conversation, there's so many other layers that we haven't even touched upon. So I think that we should definitely do it again. But everyone... Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening and please subscribe to our podcast um, on all social media platforms. We're at Girls Gone Boss. Thank you so much. And until next time. Until next time. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Hosted by Alex and Gabby. I love you guys. Oh, yeah.